Hello, welcome to the For the Love of Film podcast. I am your host, Scott David Chase. On this episode, I'm going to talk about the film's puzzle, Bad Times at the El Royale, and Mandy. Uh, I had to resist singing uh, Barry Manilow's Mandy uh, when I was thinking about what I was going to say for this. Um, so I had just recorded... the. Yesterday, I recorded the Halloween episode, uh, the uh, Burgers with Bob, uh, and we were talking about how this, the you know, the third quarter of the year uh, was tough to pick out really excellent films. We did our recap of, you know, our, our each of us did our top picks for the third quarter of the year, and it was difficult. And two of these films were. Uh, Two, two of these films, Puzzle and Mandy, were ones that have been out for a little while. Um, they just hadn't played near me. Uh, actually, Mandy still didn't play near me. I had to see it in Salem, Massachusetts. Uh, but uh, I really wanted to see it. So, uh, you know, this this is the time of year where the, the, trail, the tail end of the films that the studios didn't know quite where to place and what to do with kind of seep out and they don't all get a wide release at the same time. Some of them, you know, will meander for, you know, a month or so playing in different places at different times. And, uh, it's good for someone like me who sees a lot of movies and maybe doesn't get a chance to see, uh, something that they'd want to see, uh, when it first came out, that was the case with puzzle. I remember I had seen the preview for that and thought it looked interesting it's uh which it was uh but you know it came and went from the the local theaters uh in I think it maybe played two weeks at best and it was all times that I wasn't able to see it but luckily it played at the Portsmouth Music Hall which does not get first run films they typically get films two to three months after they've had their big run. So um, it's funny because I have a couple friends who work at the music hall who know that I see movies a lot and they'll always tell me when something is coming and I'm like, that's great. I saw that three months ago. Uh, but in this case, I was really glad that they they have a staggered schedule so I was able to see Puzzle. Uh, Puzzle stars Kelly McDonald and Ifram Khan and, uh, and also double check his name uh, David Denman which most people will recognize David Denman as playing Roy on the US version of The Office Pam's fiance at the beginning of it uh, and he's done a few things since and you know he's he's a good character actor he does sort of have a type that he plays which is not unlike the character of Roy but um Kelly McDonald plays his long, uh, devoted wife. They have two sons, one who's in his late teens, I believe he's 17, and then one who, his, his age isn't said, but I, I think he's supposed to be 20 or 21, and they both live at home still. And, um, you know, her husband owns an auto repair shop, and she does some of the books for him, but really just is a housekeeper, and never really lives for herself and then discovers that she has a, uh, a knack for doing puzzles, not just a knack, but really 
it's a it's a love for it and just it's the one thing that she really excels at but also it calms her it's it's kind of her her centering and then she discovers that there's a national puzzling competition and someone is looking for a partner and uh, that's where from Khan comes in and they develop an unusual friendship uh, starting from their mutual love of puzzles and you know they come from completely different worlds and you know that uh, from the previews I thought it was going to be more about their relationship and their differences but it is more of a character study on Kelly McDonald's uh, character and uh, you know this is the I, I was thinking about it this morning that there's a really uh, you know there's a change coming in films that it's subtle but just the fact that um, there's two films that I saw this year where the female lead there's uh, cases of infidelity where typically in Hollywood films traditionally uh, you know it's sort of excused with men um, you know we, we always love imperfect heroes in our men but it's always been sort of inexcusable for there to be uh, infidelity with female characters particularly you know if they're the lead uh, maybe not inexcusable but there has to be repercussions you know they have to pay for this and uh, neither time does this does that happen uh, in the movies I saw this year and it's a subtle thing but it's important uh, because it's you know, we're starting to see women as fully human characters, not these characters up on pedestals, but also um, that, you know, they can have, you know, so-called shortcomings, and that doesn't make them any less uh, relatable a character. So, um, this is a, yeah. Like I said, this is a character study more than a what happens sort of film. The plot is sort of incidental to just a character study and this woman really finally coming into uh, accepting and expressing herself for the first time in you know in her late thirties, early forties, and it's a, a great performance by Kelly McDonald. Kelly McDonald has you know always given solid performances ever since her debut and train spotting some 22, 23 years ago, but uh, this was, as far as I know, this was her first uh, leading role, you know, where she carried the film, and she did an excellent job, so uh, definitely recommend uh, Puzzle, it's a, you know, it's a drama, it's a slow-moving drama, so take that uh, information and do with it what you will, but I would give Puzzle a solid 7. Um, the next movie I saw was Bad Times at the El Royale. And this was a movie that I I remember when I, the first time I saw the preview because I started seeing previews for it several months before it came out. Um, it's it's the second film by Drew Goddard. He wrote and directed uh, Cabin in the Woods several years ago, and he has a lot of television writing credits to his name. But uh, 
you know, and I enjoyed Cabin in the Woods. It was, uh, you know, that was the first quote-unquote horror film that Bradley Whitford was in. Bradley Whitford, one of my favorite character actors, who, uh, you know, was in the much-seen Get Out last year and kind of put his uh, righteous liberal character uh, to bed for good. But, um, yeah, Bad Times at the El Royale, I was psyched on it just based on the the cast, John Hamm, Jeff Bridges, um, uh, why am I, I'm drawing a blank, sorry, I'm going to have to look at the cast name, uh, 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 Dakota Johnson, who, uh, you know, this is the second Dakota Johnson movie I've seen this year, I, I saw um, Fifty Shades Free, the third Fifty Shades of Grey movie, wasn't excited about it, but, you know, it is what it is, um, uh, Chris Hemsworth was in this as well, um, and who was also in Cabin in the Woods, and then Nick Offerman, which, Nick Offerman is actually, unfortunately, is, like, really underused in this movie, he's, he's in two scenes, it's a basically a blink if you, and you'll miss him, uh, role, on one of the roles, he's wearing a mask the whole time, so, uh, that was kind of a bummer, where he's actually in a scene in the trailer that was not in the film, so, you know, when this comes out on home video, there might be deleted scenes, which, you know, five years ago, I probably would have picked it up, but I'm not going to buy this movie. I did enjoy it. It was, you know, for the preview, I was hoping it was going to be a really fun, kind of crazy over the top Quentin Tarantino as caper. And it had elements of that, but it just never fully delivered for me. It never quite happened, uh, you know, some stuff happens in the movie, and there's some, some intriguing things that are brought up, and you think a bunch of crazy stuff is going to happen, and then it kind of sort of fizzles a little, uh, you know, production value is great, I really enjoyed the premise, the setup, you know, all these strangers come to a mostly abandoned motel, uh, right on the California, Nevada border. And, you know, it seems like craziness is going to ensue. And then what happens is a little underwhelming. So, um, John Hamm is an actor who, you know, obviously incredibly well known for, uh, Mad Men, but he's done quite a few films since that wrapped. And it's just, it's crazy because John Hamm has these movie star good looks and is a really solid actor, but it just has not found a role to really kind of break him out. And unfortunately, this is not going to be that movie either. Uh, again, he was also underused. Um, I was expecting a lot more from him. Uh, not as far as his performance, but you know, I thought his character was going to do a lot more and just was really underused. Uh, it is a really nice performance from Jeff Bridges, you know, late era Jeff Bridges. Uh, it's kind of reminiscent of some of the other characters, particularly, you know, the Western influence characters he's played, but now he, you know, and I, I, I don't know if this is going to be a continuation thing for him, but 
he's playing up his age more in this, and it was kind of a almost like a Clint Eastwood. Uh, all right, I'm in the twilight of my career, sort of performance. So um, it was excellent, but uh, not not enough to make the movie stellar. It was uh, like I said, I, I I had fun watching it, but don't ever have the need to see Bad Times at the El Royale again. Uh, it was kind of a step back creatively for Drew Goddard, and it was also there's a lot of reused elements from Cabin in the Woods that are in this, so um, you know, it'll be interesting if he makes another feature film to see if he can branch out, or if he's going to use some of the same tropes, which worked great in Cabin in the Woods, but didn't work as as well in uh, Bad Times at the El Royale. So I'd give that a solid six. Um, and then the last movie I saw was Mandy, which can honestly say uh, probably the most bizarre film I've seen this year, even more than uh, Sorry to Bother You, but in totally different ways. So Mandy is a super violent sci-fi revenge horror film. Eh, maybe not sci-fi, because there's no... I guess there's no actual fantastical elements, uh, other than, you know, the influence of psychedelic drugs on some of the characters. Uh, it takes place in 1983, even though it was made this year, it, they use, you know, lenses and film stock and the score and the cinematography all look like a film made in the late seventies or early eighties, which contributed a lot to the atmosphere of the film. And, uh, you know, Nicolas Cage is the lead in it, and, you know, so much has been said about Nicolas Cage in the past decade, decade and a half, because he is often a very ridiculous actor, uh, over-actor, and, you know, the, his choices for films have been questionable as of late, and, you know, I've had to remind some, some of my film-loving friends that, you know, he has given some great performances in film and, you know, I, I think a little bit of his, his ego and stardom has, has warped, uh, his, his sense of self and whatnot. But, uh, this was, I don't want to say this is a return to form for him because this is definitely a wackadoo performance from him, but it's in the context of the film, it's actually fairly subdued. Um, I, I don't, I don't even know how to begin to describe what transpires. I mean, it's a fairly simple revenge movie as far as plot goes, but there's so many different uh, filters and effects, none of which I believe were done digitally, you know, in a computer after the fact. It's all done in camera. Um, it's a very grainy looking film, very dark film. Uh, I, you know, I've had several friends who had seen it, who were waiting to hear what I thought about it. And when I finally told them I saw it, they're like, did you like it? And I was like, I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, the visceral reaction I had to the film was similar to my own reaction. The first time I saw the first Mad Max film as a child, I mean, it was unsettling. It was, you know, unpleasant. I had no desire to want to 
be in the world that these characters occupy, and yet somehow I was completely captivated the whole time. I, you know, I didn't want to see what was going to happen next, but I had to see what was going to happen next. Um, it's if 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 you're a fan of B movies of genre films, this is right up your alley. I would highly recommend if you're thinking about seeing it, see it in a theater if you get the chance, just because it really you get the full scope of what the director was going for visually on the big screen. And uh, yes, it is grainy, and that is that is intentional. And uh, you know, I do I I do think it it speaks a little bit to how much the medium has changed and how much uh, you know the, the clarity of each. HD actually can ruin uh, atmosphere sometimes in films, but because uh, I've seen some older films that have been completely quote unquote cleaned up for HD, and they just don't have the life in them that the old film stock brings to the film. So um, tough to tough to recommend Mandy to anyone who's a not accustomed to violent horror films. Uh, and, you know, often I mean, I mean, there's a bit of gore in it. Um, it's, I've certainly seen gorier films, but, uh, it's, you have to be sort of not just used to this sort of thing, but enjoy this sort of thing. But if you're a, if you're a fan of bizarro midnight movies, I would give Mandy an eight. Um, if, you know, if, if you're not sure, or if, you know, National Treasure is your Nicolas Cage cup of tea, I would say skip this. I mean, it's going to be pretty easy to skip because I had to really work hard to go out and actually see it. So, um, you know, I know I played some film festivals, but it's just, it's, in the best sense of the word, it's a really weird film. And, uh, I I mean, I know it's not going to make my top 10 of the year, but uh, it'll certainly be an honorable mention. And, you know, I just, I, I like... I like films like this that kind of defy all the quote-unquote uh, set-in-stone rules of filmmaking and just kind of do their own thing because it's a weird movie. But, uh, yeah, those are the movies that I saw this past week. Like I said, the Halloween episode will be coming out next week as well as our as Bob and my uh, top picks for the third quarter of 2018. Thanks again for listening. Uh, talk to you next time.